Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Ephesians 6, 16. Let's read maybe from verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins get about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Praise the Lord. We are considering fight, part number three. I must point out to you that when we are talking about fighting, it is very clear in scripture that our walk with the Lord is a walk of battles here on earth. So Jesus said that in this life you will have tribulations, but cheer up. So even the believer who is happy is still going to have some tribulations or some contentions. Say so here you will have contentions, tribulations, but cheer up because I have overcome. Praise the Lord. So, our walk is a walk of fights. And here, Apostle Paul is saying that because our walk is a walk of fight, we should take on the whole armor of God so that we'll be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, is for us to stand. So, clearly, we know that there are evil days to expect. Now, that evil day does not mean you will die or something that's a misfortune will befall you. But evil day means that there can be a lot of battles you will be contending in a particular day, in a particular season of your life. And life is, is like that. That... There are good days and there are what? Some other days. Are you here? Are we on the same page? So Paul is pointing out to the fact that there will be an evil day. Possibly, ultimately, this scripture it might be pointing to how we should prepare ourselves for the rapture of the church or the last days where things are going to be quite tough. I believe strongly that it's pointing out to that, that dispensation where you know that we are inching closer and closer and closer to that day. So Paul is saying that we should prepare because we are in a battle with principalities and powers. And in putting on the whole armor, it says that when you have done all, that you will stand. So this fight is a winnable fight. Regardless of the principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness, and uh, spiritual wickedness in high places, anyone who has the armor of God fully on them will be able to stand the evil day, and in, in the end, they'll be able to stand um, on their two feet. Are you here with me? Then verse 16 says that, 
above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, Bible is telling us that this faith that we have as believers, first of all, our work is called the faith. Then we walk by faith. And this faith has got different dimensions. I remember teaching about faith worked by love. I remember teaching different things. Communication of your faith. The door of faith. Different kinds of, different dimensions of this faith that we have. So one of the things that is embedded in this faith is called the shield of faith. It's called what? The shield of faith. And this shield of faith is able to help the believer to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now when naturally you talk about a dart, there is a game that British like a lot. It's called that. You see that there is a, a circle there that has been divided like um, a pizza or a pie chart. And then there are smaller circles, bigger circles, on and on and on. And then there is a, something like a stick or a metal with something at the, at the, at the bottom of it. And then... Um, some kind of a metal, like a nail, in front of it, and they shoot it, and then the one who wins is the one who has the highest precision to the target point. How many of you have seen that game before? Yeah. And when they are doing it, other people will be making noise around. In fact, it's a game for the bourgeois. It's not for, you know... Some games are not played by. Hey! <laughs> so they will be shooting the dart. They keep shooting the dart. So the dart looks like an arrow, naturally. It's an arrow that is shot. I remember when I was younger, we used to also shoot that, but we were using. You have, have, you, have you played like that before? Nice. So. A dart is not a dart until we are talking about a target. And it is an arrow that is shot to a target. So he's saying that because there are fiery darts, arrows, and this is like a game for the principalities, for the powers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And who is that target? The target is a child of God. That's why Paul is admonishing us that we should put on the full armor of God. And one important aspect of that armor is what he terms as the shield of faith. That we are able to quench. Are you following now? Quench the fiery darts of the enemy. That is to say that the darts will be thrown... But because of the shield, it will not have power over you. Are you following now? It's like a bulletproof, but it's a shield. So the pictorial view Paul wants us to have is a soldier with a shield that he uses to, to quench or to stop any weapon that is thrown at him, such as stones, um, other arrows, in fact, spear bullets from guns shot at, at that soldier in battle, it says that if you have the shield of faith, you are able to quench all the arrows that are shot in the spirit against you. Isn't it beautiful? Praise the Lord. So beautiful. So you and I, by faith, we have been enlisted as warriors. Because the shield is not used by people who are not in the battlefield. Anytime you see 
riot police trying to deal with rioters. You see them using a shield. True or false? Come on now. Are you here at all? Beautiful. So the shield is used for an active work. Active battle. That means that our faith dictates to us to be battle ready for anything that may come our way. And the shield can withstand tear gas, the bullet from a gun. Praise the Lord. It can withstand a spear, a stone, whatever. So this shield is so important. That's why a praying believer that doesn't have faith is still a useless believer. And I found that in our generation, a lot of us love to pray, but we do not love to build our faith. The truth of the matter is that you need to have the shield of faith to be able to make incursions in life. Because you see that for riot police, they are able to move forward or even Soldiers in combat are able to move forward against a spraying opponent by hiding behind their shield and walking in a particular way. Are you following now? Yeah. <laughs> so no matter how nice your work is, and sometimes the ammunition you have, if you do not have a shield, you may die. A shield is important. Please tell somebody a shield is important. So your faith is important regardless of your education. Regardless of who is praying for you. Your shield of faith is very important. It's important that you hold your shield. And fight with your shield. Some people are not able to make progress in this life. Because all they have is a gun. All you have is a bullet. Sometimes you see in combat that a particular team of soldiers will come under heavy gun, gunshot, and they will have to hide. Is that also? They take cover. The shield helps you to take cover. But here the shield is mobile, so you can take cover by moving. So you see that many believers cannot move in an environment of battles, demonic operations, sickness, all manner of troubles and witchcrafty because they have prayer but they don't have a shield. I'm preaching now. <laughs> you are holy but you don't have a shield. You are born again, but you do not, you have a shield, but you do not know how to use your shield. You can imagine somebody too can have a shield and not be able to use the shield appropriately. So possibly the situation determines how you position your shield. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. So having faith as a child of God it's very, very important. In any church you happen to find yourself in, that does not teach you how to grow your faith. It's not doing you a lot of good. Because the Bible clearly says we will fight. <laughs> we will fight. And this fight, the Bible never said, it is because you went to do something wrong that the fight came to you. <laughs> so you cannot even dwell on your goodness and your good character to save yourself from the battles of this life. Sometimes Satan will be running to and fro and will just go into a meeting and make a suggestion to God that Job is serving you because you have prospered him. And I am not able to destroy him because you have set a shield, a hedge of protection around him. So sometimes your well-being, your well-doing 
your prosperity, the fact that you are blessed, you are doing well, can make a proposal be made on your head. Like Job. I'm saying something here. We have seen that that business is doing well. Let's, there's a proposal. So let's touch the business and see if the person will still serve you. That is why I told you in the part one that the purpose of the attack or the fight or the battle on you is to put your faith on trial. And some people, they become so weak that they throw away their shield. In the heat of the battle. But Job said that, though he slays me, yet I will maintain my composure in him. I love it. Paul said, I am persuaded. I am persuaded. That not death nor height, demons or angels, not the things of the past, present or the future, can separate me from the love of God. The guy is persuaded. He has the shield in place, waiting for anything that could come his way. But he says, I am persuaded. Persuaded. We have to get to that point where we become persuaded in our faith that God is alive and we are not in a transaction with God. We are in a relationship with God. Are you here now? Husband and wife is more of a relationship than a transaction. It's not give me, I give you. We are here till the end. You know be so. When you have a fiancé and God forbid a strange occurrence happens around the fiancé, you can break it because you don't have any covenant. I'm preaching it. No, there's no covenant. Is there a contract? It's not legally binding. Not before God, not before man, not before the law. But you can't run when your spouse gets into trouble. Is it normal to run? Yeah, you stick. It's a relationship. It's called a marital covenant. <laughs> That's a kind of relationship. That's why God says, I will neither leave you nor what? Forsake you. He said, I will be with you even to the ends of the earth. Ends of the world. I will not leave you. I will be in you and I will be with you. Now, if God will be in you and be with you, you ought to, you have to be in him and be with him. So, faith is important to quench some things. That's what God wants to tell you tonight. If there are things to quench, we must quench them. And in quenching them, what do we need? We need what? Do we need only prayer? That's why, see, the Bible says that to faith add. To faith add. Faith should be your foundation. And you can be adding prayer. You can be adding fasting. You can be adding sowing. You can be adding tithing. Are you following now? It should be your foundation. That's why anything you are doing and the foundation of it is not faith in God. It doesn't please God. Without faith, it is impossible to show. You are doing midnight warfare. Midnight warfare. God will be asked, what is that boy doing? It's just perspiration. Praying in fear. Praying and looking for something that will be coming after you. Hey! Am I preaching now? You need to do this thing in faith and by faith. Take the shield of faith and you'll be able to quench. That is, things are constantly thrown at you. But if you have the shield, it will be tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. It will bah, bah. And you'll be moving. So it really doesn't matter who is throwing what. What is important is that you have your shield in position. Is God talking to somebody here? 
That's why we do not walk by sight. Brother, we walk by what? Faith. And a proper shield has a pointer that gives you vision going forward. You see that the whole shield can be black, but there can be something like a lens in the shield that gives you the opportunity to look ahead of you from behind the shield. Are you here now? So when you are walking and using the shield of faith as a believer, you can still see ahead of you whilst you are fighting. Hey. And most of the time, when the battle ensues, many people throw away their shield because a lot of people like gun for protection. <laughs> but is it your bullet, eh? It can finish. Your bullet can what? Oh, the round simple can finish. And sometimes when your bullet finish and you come under attack, it is necessary to have a shield or a cover. Are you here at all? You see that in a battlefield, people holding gun die. And people hiding in a good place stay alive. It determines whether you be alive or not. It's also dependent on how you are covering yourself in the battlefield. So, let us as believers walk by faith in our ministry, in our marital relationships, in our career. Whatever we are doing, we have to embrace faith. What should we embrace? Faith. Especially when it has to do with battles. You are fighting. Whatever you are fighting in this life, you need faith. You need what? And we have been studying from the story of David and Goliath. We have been learning some important truth today. And in this part three, we've already done four key points. In this part three, from 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see that from verse number 25, 1 Samuel 17, 25, the Bible said, And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will what? Enrich him with what? Great riches. And will give him his daughter. And make his father's house free in Israel. That's a beautiful thing. Isn't it not beautiful? Very powerful. So here. We see the story of David and Goliath. The giant. And uh, David's life. Is showing us. Some tools we can use. To fight. In this life. There are tools. We can deploy. There are principles. Because we learned that. Faith itself is a fight. And we must fight the good fight. Of what? Faith. So some people don't fight well. And they lose their battles. But the fight of faith. Says that in the end. You will stand. Praise the Lord. The last man standing. I, I pray that you shall be the last man standing. So, the key we want to consider here is that do not allow people to define your obstacles for you. Do it yourself. To fight your battles successfully, do not allow people to define your obstacles for you. Do it yourself. In that verse 25, and the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. 
So they were telling him that, have you seen this man? They were pointing to him. This man comes up and he comes up and he's threatening everybody. Have you seen this man that has come up? Look at the giant. <laughs> They were pointing to him because he heard the noise. And I'm sure that right from the beginning, he didn't know where the noise was coming from. They just said, look at that giant is there. He has been screaming there for 40 days. And they started telling him that the giant is here. And he is here surely to defy Israel. That's why he has come up. So, they showed him the obstacle and they were defining the obstacle to David. That this is a giant. He has come up and he has come up to defy, to defy Israel. And at that moment, even though he was just a messenger in the battlefield, he had become part of Israel. Because this is what the proposal Goliath gave is that the man who wins the battle who own all these people. Is that not so? So assuming Israel had given Goliath their own champion, and Goliath had beaten the champion, at that moment, David would have also become part of the slaves. So when the people said, have you seen this man? He has come up to defy Israel. They had bundled David into the basket full of Israelites. That he has also come to defy you. <laughs> and sometimes... What defies people, they will try to make you feel like it will defy you also. I'm about to preach. Oh, oh I'm about to preach. Yeah. And so, <laughs> sometimes, people have a magnifier in their eyes which could distort our minds on the exact size and power of the battle. So they said, he, because they were there and the giant had been defying them for 40 days. So all they knew was that this giant is a defiant giant. And he's been defying us for 40 days. So this time that he has come up also, he's going to defy. Are you, are you following me at all? So allowing which, whichever people are around to explain to him what the obstacle was. And to define for him what the obstacle was was not the best way to fight. He faced the giant himself and assessed the giant by himself. <laughs> and he said, is that not a cause? Why is it that this thing is talking too much? And he went ahead to say, who is this uncircumcised? He was seeking to define the obstacle by himself. Not by what he was told. He was doing his own definition of terms. Please. Let me let you understand tonight by the word of the Lord. That not everything that defeats and defies people. Has the capacity to defy you. Even though all of us are children of God. And especially because of the power of choice. That we all have. Some people go into a battleground. Already defeated. And some go to the battleground. To win the battle. So when you allow somebody who is. An. Originally defeated person. <laughs> before even the battle started. To define for you. What your obstacle is. Like, for instance, you'll be going into a marriage and somebody can transfer their phobia for marriage to you. They can even transfer their bitterness to you. They can tell you something that would look like is a nice description. It's like, it's a help. I'm helping you to understand this field because you, you just came. But that kind of tutorial might be dangerous to your cause because the person may have a magnifier in their eyes that makes the obstacle bigger and stronger than it really is. And if you are not careful, you'll be carrying their definition. Are you following now? 
That is why in research, you are meant to go to the field to collect your own data. And at a, at a viva or a defense, they will ask you, do you own this work? Because you should be able to speak to the evidence by yourself. It doesn't matter whether somebody said the seawater is red. When you went there, what did you find? What did you see? Are you following now? That's why 12 spies went to spy the land. 10 came and said, we saw a giant. We saw heavy walls. We saw great men. Hey, he said, they are so fortified, there is no penetrable space. He said, we were, check the definition. We. Did he say I? He said, we, and there were 12. 10 of them were speaking, and they said, we were in our own eyes like grasshoppers. And so were we in the eyes of the giant. The, the ten of them had defined themselves as midgets, dwarfs, grasshoppers. But Joshua and Caleb came up and said that you can stick with your we. But as for us, we did not see the giant the way you saw them. We want to tell you, Moses, that this is what they believe, this is what they saw. But we don't know what they saw. But as for us, what we saw is that the land eh, is flowing with the milk. The graves are there. And we saw the walls they saw. We saw the giant they saw. They, they are there. They are in the land. But another thing we saw is that their defense has left them. And they are panicking because we are coming. And because of that, what we saw again is that these things that they are calling giant, they are bread for us. They defined it. And of all that generation, 10 of them died and it was Joshua and Caleb who were kept. Why? The Bible said Joshua and Caleb, they had a different spirit. As we are in the church, <laughs> we have the Holy Spirit, but people have different spirits in defining obstacles. Some define obstacles in the spirit of fear. Some in the spirit of their custom. Some in the spirit of their logic. Some define it by the spirit of their faith. Determine how you want to define your own obstacles. Because, and I'm sure that when the, ten, when the Bible said 10 people, I'm not sure that 10 spoke at the same time. It, it's just that some 2 or 3 be, spoke and the other 7 aligned with the thought. I'm, am, I, am I preaching here or what am I? Am I dancing or I'm jumping? Because I don't know what I'm doing here. Hey. They are aligned. And all their generation perished. So when you allow people to define your kind of obstacle for you based on their own experiences, you are likely to perish the same way they do. Likely to be defeated the same way. They, because God has given each one grace and measure of grace. A measure of anointing. Are you following now? A measure of firepower. God has given us different levels of wisdom. And so, if somebody broke down under a certain obstacle, it is not a guarantee that you will also break down under such an obstacle. Because you carry a difference from me. With you? Are you here now? <laughs> oh boy. When you are in a relationship, you will be told things, but try and find out things for yourself. I'm preaching something though. <laughs> get to that point where you'll be defining your obstacles by yourself. A few things I put down here 
that's very, very important to me is that people always define situations based on their level of faith and abilities. David defined the giant based on his positive history with God regarding the lion and the bear. They saw a giant. David saw his victory over a lion and a bear. And he equalized the lion and the bear to the giant. And he said, the same God who helped me kill these animals. I see this thing you people call giant as a dog. You see, look, and a lion is a cat or a, in the family of cat and dog. Are you following now? So David quickly said, I'm defining this guy you people call giant. He's an uncircumcised Philistine. And what was the response of Goliath? Am I a dog? As he defined the giant by himself. The giant was able to bring himself to the level where David could kill the same way he killed a lion and he killed a bear. Somebody's definition will make a dog look like a lion and will make a dog look like a giant who will come at you with the force of a giant. Meanwhile, there is a dog in every giant. I'm feeling it in book. Who needs to be dealt with based on your definition. And if you allow people, they will never reveal to you the dog in the lion. They will never reveal to you the dog in the giant. They will only reveal to you the giant that is visible. But behind the giant is a dog that can be killed with in fact the giant normally comes to the battlefield with a weapon to kill him. And if your eyes are open and you are following your God, when you define him and strip him of all his supernatural power, when he falls down, the sword in his hands is what he used to kill him. Don't let anybody scare you. And they'll be telling you, sometimes people's length of experience can become your liability in decision making. I have been there. I was there. And so, it's not everything you follow people's experience. So. You have to I'm feeling it, Pa. Let the definition come from the place of revelation. Revelation in the ability of the God who has been delivering you from the wilderness where nobody was. Now, in a battlefield full of people, what are you even saying? If God did it in the solitary place where there was no human help, what will happen when I'm in the midst of the crowd? And sometimes we don't see the God that raised us from the bottom when we get to the platform. We just see the crowd. We just see the obstacle as the crowd sees it and we refuse to see the God whose abilities we are working in. So then he told Goliath, you are coming against me with your sword and your idols and all. I'm also coming. I'm coming in the name of the Lord. This is the name of the Lord I've been, I've been going with all my life. If it's a lion, it's the name of the Lord. If it's a bear, it's the name of the Lord. You, the dog, Sue. Sue? Same name of the Lord. The God who delivered you from the measles can also deliver you from the childlessness. Don't make the giant bigger than the lion. Don't make the giant bigger than the bear. Parazu kalafra kastola bradiga. Because the truth of the matter is that 
The lion is an adversary because he's carrying a lamb. The bear is an adversary because he's carrying a lamb. Goliath is an adversary because the whole Israel is in his mouth. And as long as he's also carrying the sheep of Israel, Abba, so you know people just all this whether it's a standing giant or it's a crawling giant or a running lion it really doesn't matter the same God with you is a specialist in battles can kill anything and stop any obstacle no matter what they are I'm feeling the grace of God tonight. You will not cry your life again. May the things that are fighting you, may God stand up and fight for you. Shout louder, amen. amen. Child of God, please. David never saw the force of the giant. He rather acknowledged the power of the God of Israel. To fight well, you need to be able to have the eyes of God, the mind of Christ, the wisdom of Christ, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, so that you'll be able to define things well. I really wanted to share another point with you, but I think this point is okay for tonight. Please. Problems are not meant to see your end. You have been designed to see the end of problems. And somebody said, Romans 8.31 What shall we say to these things? If God be for us. So here we understand that there are things. There are what? Things. That will come up against us. But the differential is that if God be for us. Which of those things can be against us? Bottom line is, the things that can be against us are the only things that can defeat the God who is with us. And as long as those things do not have the power to defeat our God, then they cannot overpower us. That's a picture God wants you to have. And so because of the presence of God with us, which is activated by our faith in Christ, obstacles, somebody said, are meant to see miracles. And you should be able to see that there is a path in the Red Sea and it's a dry ground. Even though from the outset it presents itself as an obstacle, you should be able to see that the walls of Jericho, they are meltable. I feel like God is talking to somebody. That's why God said, don't look at the wall. Just be going around the wall. They are meltable. You have to know that the valley can become, the mountain can become a valley. Because of grace. Because of the power of God with you. I don't know what will come your way. But the Lord is empowering you today to know that you are already an overcomer. And you have overcome. And if you accept that in Christ you have already overcome, nothing will be able to stand successfully against you. Don't be scared. Whatever is defined. Do you know that Goliath was defining the people of God? Oh, ye armies of Saul, come up here. Any obstacle that comes your way, situation that comes your way, will come your way with its own definition. 
And it will try to pass that definition, pass it on to people who are around you, who will become like marketers of the obstacle. To magnify that definition unto you. But the good thing is that everyone in a battleground also has the opportunity to define the kind of obstacle they see with their own eyes. What do you see? What do you see? Hey, what do you see? And please, in football, they say that (laughs) <laughs> the, the t- truth of the matter is that football is played by men and then women. You don't really see a tournament where proper tournament where men and women are mixed together. So boys are bobo, boys are bobo. And so sometimes you are playing with Messi and he doesn't have form. Don't let his name scare you. That's why some coaches will put some players in a team, in a match, even though they are not fit. Because they know that there are some defenders and midfielders who hear about a name and start panicking. Are you following now? And sometimes, you will see that because Ronaldo is dangerous, three defenders are not moving past the center line. And the guy is carrying an injury. But they don't know. The past successes, the exploits, the news that has been marketed about their abilities is what is making that coach make that decision that defender will pass center line will make change because akwano or a dangerous meanwhile no na akwano unto me to me campo we pra so sometimes you hear that Goliath has just broken somebody's head there and the person was very tall oh. and if you look at the, the the height and the size of the person whose head was broken crack and they will show you the video so you look at yourself and say, yeah. Me that is chingling like that. This guy will not break my head. He, he will just do. <laughs> so when you consider the form of the opponent, the obstacle, and what it has done to some quality people, and look at yourself within yourself and don't consider the abilities of God in you, you will just carry that old image of the exploit of the opponent. How cancer killed somebody. How barrenness defeated somebody. How it dealt with this person that was prayerful in your house. Dealt with this pastor. Dealt with that one. Dealt with that one. Oh boy. They can deal with anyone. Did, did Peter, Peter, they cut his head. Are you following now? They, they, they fried John. Paul was crucified somewhere. somewhere. Paul was dealt with. But when Peter and and the other apostle were in jail, and Peter's head had been cut, they would say, hey, now you're a prayer warrior. Because according to biblical history, James was like their prayer warrior. If prayer warrior's head has been cut, (laughs) who am I in Pope? (laughs) Intercessor, you know. Hey. I'm feeling it, pa. Is there someone who is feeling it like the way I'm feeling it? I said, Bishop Herman. Now catch on. Hey, you go for it on Yes, you are from Kotokraba Technical Secondary. Sorry. Two-time champion. Two-time. Where are you? Where are you? 
old glory. I look, believe me. I did not intend to say this thing here. Pastor, sorry. So when you go and meet these giant killers, you're already thinking, if Boche is gone, what would Medina do? Some cranny. But let everybody face their own battle. Praise the Lord. Let everybody face their what? Own battle. Any battle that comes to you, remember that you have been equipped to defeat. Or to overcome that battle. It is the reason why that battle has come your way. It's the reason why that fight has come to you. And the word of God is consistent and true. It is not a strange battle. And you have what it takes with God on your side to overcome it. So don't run. Some, some of you will be standing and you have already run like the soldiers in the battleground. They were standing there, all they were doing were, they had become explainers, running commentary. Have you seen this one that has come up? On any number nine, no? We, we want to sort it, no? Or two So people can just give you that detail like that and say, please, media may catch the wall. I'm just telling you, hey! You have to carry your own result into the battlefield. David said, I'm coming here. I have stones in my pocket. I have catapult. These are not the only things I have. I also have a lion inside my pocket. And I have a bear inside my pocket. What is your testimony resume? What has God done before? You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Medina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 244 877 831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.